Psalms 100, and it reads as the wise. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people, and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him, and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. O come all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant, Oh, come ye to Bethlehem. Come and behold him. Born the king of angels. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Christ the Lord. Christ. For he is worthy. For he alone is worthy. For he alone is worthy. Christ the Lord. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for first waking us up this morning. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for giving us the air to breathe. Thank you, Lord, for your many blessings. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for this church home that we have, Lord. Thank you for our pastor. Lord, we thank you for everything that you have given unto us, Lord. We definitely thank you for salvation. Lord, we ask that you continue to mend the broken heart, Lord. Continue to strengthen us individually as well as collectively, Lord. And Lord, we constantly just thank you and praise your name. This prayer and all other prayers, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen.
according to his light. That way we're guaranteed to get back home. We're glad to have another opportunity to try and make just a little bit more of God's word plain to God's people. Um, Being here on a Christmas Eve, giving season, uh, I'll feel as if I've done something wrong if I don't sharing the gift giving. So, plan on giving you a gift today. I bet that's the only church in the world where nobody believes what the preachers say. <laughs> We're going back into our series of messages. I see how we're looking back there in the back. Okay. We started out in 1 Peter 1 and 11. We were talking about the glory that was to follow the suffering. And we know the suffering was pointing to the suffering of Christ. But there were to be glory that was to follow. Now, we know that in the very end when Jesus returned, set up his government, he's crowned king of king, lord of lord, or I shouldn't say set up, resume his government. He's crowned king of kings and lord of lord. And he's recognized again as he were in the beginning with God and was God. That's the highest glory that you can get. But that verse is not talking about the glory as it pertains to Christ. Uh, It was talking about the glory that would follow on this planet. Now, again, we know the subject of religion or the teaching of the Bible. You have many different angles angles of approach. You have many different opinions as to what the Scripture is, is speaking of. And the best that we persons who claim to have been given a gift, the best we can do is try to give reference as to why we make the statements we make. Not that we've got some type of uh, magic, magical power uh, that you don't have, but 
It is, Paul put it as rightly dividing. God, the ministry, my understanding of the ministry is the ability to rightly divide God's word. That's, that's making it more plain, like putting the, piece, uh, pe- putting the pieces of a puzzle together. And so that's why the purpose of the references that is given so that you can study it for yourself. And when we stand before the Lord, we, we can't say what that preacher said because God has so fit to enable us to have, as we always point to the, the invention of the printing press, where we all have a copy and we can study what we are taught. Um, so we're going, but we are tr- now trying to tie in. We've been tr- for the last three weeks. We've been trying to tie in that glory that was to follow. We are trying to tie it in with this season of the year, where we celebrate the birth of of Christ. As I have said, we don't argue about it. I'm one of the ones who do not believe this was the time of the year when. When Jesus was born, but that's not the subject. We've we've been through that before. Gave you references on it. If God lead us that way again, we'll do it again. But right now, what we're trying to show is that time period where Jesus was born. That was the beginning. The the we could say prelude to the beginning of this. What I point to as the second session of time as we know it. Uh, as I point back when I was in school, the, the way we were taught concerning time was from, if you're looking at the Bible, from Genesis all the way up to the um, crucifixion of Jesus Christ was B.C. And A.D. was after the death of Christ forward. And that's what I'm pointing to. Everything on the planet changed at that point in history where the death, burial, and resurrection took place, even if you're not talking religion. Just look at history as it pertained to uh, technology or knowledge increasing from the time of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection forward. You have more discoveries and inventions and and from that time to where we are now than from the time period of Adam all the way up to Christ. Everything on the planet pretty much stayed the same. The horse and the buggy, the transportation system, boat, sailboats or whatever. But after the death, after the resurrection of Christ, uh, technology began to pick up. We Now we're flying, we're doing everything now. It, that may be a coincidence. Uh, I am, because I believe that God speak to his people through his people. Uh, he speak to us through the nation of Israel, the whole nation of Israel. Everything that we know about God, it is centered around what we call the Bible. But 80, 90% of it is talking about or has a direct connection to the nation of Israel. And that's the way God chose to reveal these spiritual truths to those who were once in him before the foundation of the world. 
and through his reasoning we find ourselves on this planet we wasn't on this planet we are aliens we are pilgrims we're strangers we're traveling we're looking to go home one day the Bible tell us that this world is not our home and so the, the, the way God began the way God one of the ways God chose to reveal these deep truths to us was through the nation of Israel and as we continue to study the scripture comparing spiritual things to spiritual things then our eyes become more and more open to the real truth according to the scripture starting today this is the announcement of the coming of Jesus uh, first one not the first one but the one that we will focus on on this time of the year uh, Isaiah 7 and 14 says therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign behold a virgin shall conceive and, her, and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel now when you continue to read in Isaiah chapter 7 from this announcement forward you see it talks about a, a lady uh, who did as a, as a point to that, that there's, there's only one virgin that's, I mean one virgin that's the virgin Mary but the way God chose to teach us things based on what it said in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 1 shadow and substance the Old Testament as detailed as it, it was it was the shadow of something much greater that was yet to come. All the sacrifices in the Old Testament was pointing to the one sacrifice of the Lamb of God on the cross. That's a pattern that once we learn how to recognize the shadow and the substance. Uh, now, as with everything, if, if we're not careful, we can put the wrong two together and to give out the, the wrong message. But one of the rules of the scripture is in the mouth of two or three witnesses, all truths are established. When we can prove the point through many different references proving the same point, then we accept it as the truth because that's the standards that God put concerning the truths in the mouths of two to three witnesses, all the truths will be established. Now, up to this point concerning Christ's birth, we have examined the scripture context surrounding the announcement of the virgin child being born and the destructive circumstances in both the Old Testament and New Testament time period being centered around the southern kingdom. Now, what I was about to say earlier was, if you continue to read Isaiah chapter 7, you'll see that a lady did have a, a child, and she named the child Emmanuel. Now, what we, what we just looked at, and what we've been seeing, we have to remember what we've already went over, that we're looking now at the circumstances. The reasons, the main reason is to show that God's word can be trusted. It's accurate in what it says concerning past, present, and future. And we learn concerning things of the future by looking at things of the past and the things of the present because only God could do it, in my opinion. Uh, talk about one focus point, but reveal out of that one focus point, three other tenses are revealed. Past, 
present and future. If, if, if we're studying something future, it's going to also be pointing back to past and present. If we're studying something past, it's going to be, we're going to be seeing evidence concerning things future, uh, present and future. That's, again, the way God, again, let's go back to Romans 1 and 20. The invisible things of him, things that we can't see, not, not limited to eyesight, but understand. We use the word see as it pertains to understanding many times. We say, well, I, I just don't see it that way. Uh, Romans 1 and 20 says the invisible things of him, invisible things, not just things you can't see, but we, that, that we can understand concerning God. It says the invisible things of him from the creation are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. So what it is telling us that the evidence to, uh, to enable us to see what we think we can't see is there by the things that are made. Made, we use, we use, uh, we use, uh, we use the word arranged as a synonym for made. God created everything, but the way he put it together, the seasons of the year, the constellations in the heavens, the days, the nights, everything once seen from a biblical standpoint of view, it is pointing to evidence of God's word being uh, true. And that's what builds our confidence and calls us to fight against something that we really don't want to fight against. By nature, we may enjoy this, whatever it is, whatever the subject. We think it might be the best thing ever happened, but the, here's a book that's saying you shouldn't do that. So we find it, we start finding it very difficult to, to be a Christian and still enjoy life because it appears at first glance that everything that the Scripture is pointing to uh, is against what we like as human beings, and, and it is because you got to remember we were born sinners. We was born. Everybody from everybody born from Adam was born with a sinful nature. So we're going to love sin. That's part of our nature. But the Bible teaches us about being born again, not repairing the old person, but a brand new person. That's this time of the year. Remember the scripture where Gabriel came to Mary to tear her when she was the time period that she was to conceive. He pointed to her being pregnant as that holy thing that is in you uh, shall be born, uh, shall be called the Son of God. That holy thing is traced back to Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15 where it is pointed to as her seed. And we know from a, from the natural standpoint of view, from what way we see things, reality as we know it, a woman do not have a seed. So that would explain holy thing. It's out of the ordinary. And it was pointed to in Genesis 3.15 where it says her seed was going to destroy, uh, crush the head of the serpent, her seed, that holy thing, something that was not of this world, would develop into the one who is called the Son of God. That same thing is promised to us as it pertains to being born again. God's word is equated to a seed. You remember the parable in the scripture where it points to 
a man went out to, to sow seed, and some of the seed fell on uh, the wayside, and it was so hard that nothing could grow. And then some fell on uh, among thorns, began to grow, and, and the thorns choked it out. And then some fell on stony ground, couldn't get enough root to continue to live. And then lastly, uh, some of the seed fell on good ground. That's pointing to God's word and the effect it would take on us. Some of us, we hear it and we say, I ain't nothing to it, I ain't going back, it's just a bunch of junk. That's the wayside. Nothing can, life has been so hard and we, the way we have accepted it and even the way we have heard God's word being presented as God being some type of genie to solve all your problems. You just come to the Lord and he's going to make everything all right and it doesn't happen and it disappoints us and we say not to a church and that, that's stony ground. I mean a wayside. Stony ground is pretty much the same but stony ground will allow the seed to begin to grow but because it can't get much root because the ground is so hard it pretty much dies out. We start out on fire for the Lord. You can't tell everything we say is praise the Lord. I ate a hot dog, praise the Lord. A hot dog was praise the Lord good. The praise the Lord is on fire for the Lord for a minute. And then after a while, we, we die out. Because no root, no root to keep us going. But the, the ones where the seed, good ground, the seed take root. And when that seed take root, just like that holy thing in Mary developed from a holy thing to one born who was called the Son of God. The Bible say when that time come, in the moment of twinkling of an eye, we will be changed to be like him so that the brand new person that we born again started out as a holy thing, a seed, a divine seed, born of God, God's seed in us. And eventually, when at that time, when it's time for the baby to come, the moment of twinkle of an eye, we will be changed. That's, that's where we are going. But you, in order to hold on to faith in something like that, that sounds science fictional, we have to take the time to look at all the details that the Scripture give us so that it won't be like we just believe in something that doesn't exist. We see evidence uh, just like in a court case, evidence. So we have it is, had examined the context, the time period of Isaiah 7, what was happening. The southern kingdom that we call the Jews. Now remember, the nation of Israel consisted of two different nations into one or we should say kingdoms into one. Erase the word nation, kingdoms. And in, in, in Ezekiel 23, the first four verses point to the nation of Israel when they was in Egypt. And with all of us, until we get into Scripture, we look at one nation that was in Egypt, and then God brought them out. But Ezekiel 23 say there was two even when they was in Egypt. And he equated them to two sisters, Ahola and Aholabah. Once they divided, the capital of the southern kingdom was 
Jerusalem, and she was a whole bar. And the ones that went to the north, pulled out and went to the north, made Samaria their capital. They was a whole lot. And then God said they were mine. Even, he said, I was a husband unto them. In Jeremiah 31, 32, I was a husband unto them. What it's pointing to, that when we're talking about the marriage, not marriage as we see it, other than two becoming one. So God is saying they were one with me. One with me would be the same, uh, not to the same measure, not yet. But uh, we, we, the church Christians, we point to ourselves as being one with God. We work in his program. We try to do things his way. He give us the orders. We're one with with him. That's that's what the marriage is. Once we come to Christ, another equation of our coming to Christ is we become members of his body, which was the same as what we first began being taught in the Garden of Eden. Eve was a member of Adam's body. She was a rib. We become members of God's body, Christ's body. The scripture said, he's the head and we are the members. And we are all working toward the head. So that's one. But we know a time came when the northern kingdom, that was also at one time the wife or Jehovah, in Jeremiah 3 and 8, because of her sins, partially because of her sins, and when I say things like that, it's because it's so, it's so in-depth until one statement will not explain it all. We have to go step by step. That's why we have to be faithful in the hearing of God's Word, like putting a piece of puzzle together, you know, one piece at a time, one piece at a time. And as time passed, we look back and we begin to see something shaping up. Oh, I'm, I'm beginning to recognize something now. But at, at first, it just looked like a mess. And most of the time, we get, we lose our interest. And, oh, yeah, I don't understand what I'm talking about anyway. Yeah, I ain't no need to go in church. But we forget that in every other subject, we recognize the level of intelligence of whoever put out the book or whoever is the professor of that subject. We recognize their intelligence. We pick up a book, we say, look at the front, and the guy who wrote the book, he, what school he went to and how many degrees he got, we say, wow, this guy's heavy. And we expect to concentrate on what he's saying. We don't expect to understand a person with all those degrees, his writings, we don't expect to understand it like we understand that story of three little pigs. But when they come down to God's book, and there, there is no measure, there is no comparison of the intelligence behind this book, yet we feel, well, I'd have heard that before. I'm so tired of hearing that. That's part of, that's evidence pointing to God's word being true concerning Lucifer Satan. It's his job to cause us to be that way because we, can, we cannot continue to live spiritually without God's word. It is the bread that have come down from heaven to feed us. We, we have to have it. 
It is the milk in First Peter chapter 2 and verse 2. Milk of the word. Milk, baby. Bring us up to the meat of the word. But it's the devil's job. Second Corinthians chapter, chapter 4, verse 3 and 4. But Paul said, if our gospel, if the good news is hid, it is hid to those who are lost, to those whose mind have been blinded by the God of this world. So the same book tells us about Jesus in heaven, tells us about Satan and hell. So we ain't going to believe one, then we can't believe the other one. So we choose to be believers. We got to believe and make a choice. We sacrifice now to get what we can't imagine. As the Bible says, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither have it entered into the mind of man what God have in store for us. If we stay faithful, if we strive to do his will, if we fight to do right, don't look for an excuse or to be comfortable in doing what we want to do and say, well, he know my heart, he'll forgive him anyway. That doesn't work. We, we expect our children to grow and mature. And we say, you know better than that. You're old enough to know better. We expect that from our children. And God expects that from his children. So after, after uh, uh, pointing to the context, you, you read it in Isaiah chapter 7, and God, to give the assurance to the, the king, Ahaz, or the king of the southern kingdom, God is assuring the southern kingdom that no matter how it looked to you, you're not going to be destroyed. At that particular time, they were facing the southern kingdom, who we call the Jews, was facing the threat from the ten-tribe northern kingdom as well as Syria. They had joined together, and they was going to double-team, jump on the southern kingdom. So God told the king, said, you, you all worried, all frustrated, Ask me for a sign. I done told you that I'm with you. The word God, God with us. I done told you I'm with you. It don't seem to be working. Ask me for any sign that will give you the assurance so you can continue to trust in me. Ahaz wouldn't do it. He wouldn't ask the sign. And we won't get into that now. As we continue, we, as we know, the Bible, as you go forward, everything go forward and backwards at the same time. So we'll be getting into it later on. But after he has one asked the sign, God said, I'll give you one. So that's the sign that God gave. Now, he's a virgin. Didn't, a virgin did not get pregnant in Isaiah's day. A young lady who was not married got married and got pregnant. She was a virgin before she got married. But when she got married, she got pregnant. And you read the scriptures, it tell you that God said, so Ahaz said, before that child that is born, get old enough to know right from wrong. The two enemies that you are so afraid of right now, they will no longer exist as a people. That does, no, that does not mean that they will be killed. But we can look at what happened to the northern ten tribe kingdom to understand what he meant by will not exist as a people. You could say would not exist as a people slash nation. The northern ten tribe kingdom existed as a separate kingdom 
or a separate nation from the Jews. But once God, not only did he use the Assyrians, not Syria, but the Assyrians to attack Syria and the northern ten tribes, he was using the Assyrian Empire to be his uh, whipping stick, if you can put it that way, or his, the Bible used the word chastening rod to begin whooping the ten tribes because they were his. He divorced them, Jeremiah 3 and 8. So once he divorced them, there was a period of punishment that they would have to go under. That's the northern ten tribe kingdom. They no longer existed as a people. They lost their identity. One of the reasons why we call them lost tribes because they no longer existed as a people. They was, and God said they're going to be equivalent to being scattered, I mean not scattered, sifted among the nations everywhere. Nobody lost their identity. We know that came true. Well, let me back up. For those who accept that teaching from the scripture, we know that came true. Now, there are many Christians and many scholars, Christian scholars, who do not believe the way, the way, when I say I believe, I'm not saying that as, as if it's something I came up with. But the way I see the scripture, there are many who doesn't see it that way. We don't argue the point. We present the evidence. That's what all a preacher can do, is present his argument and the evidence. The jury, you examine the evidence, and you see whether or not it's what the scripture is saying. That way your faith is in this and not in this. We make a mistake, put all our faith in a person. And that person, being human like we are, make a mistake that everybody knows about. So, oh, Lord, I just want to quit. He done messed up. I thought he... No, your faith is in this. The mouth guides the hearer to the book. And the Holy Spirit brings things to our memory as we trust him the proof of our trust in him is our faithfulness in his book. Not just saying, well, I love the Lord, he hurt my cry. That's a good lyrics to a song. So after we're making that comparison and we come forward to the time that Jesus was born, the Jews, the same one we're talking about in Isaiah 7, is in the same predicament. They're under the Roman Empire. They're under the full beast. They are facing destruction. Now, the, the sign that God gave was not limited to that time period because Jesus wasn't born after that sign was given in, in Isaiah 7, 14. Another good, at least 600 years passed before Jesus was born. So it was stated back then, and even though there was something that happened that could have been mistaken as that sign being fulfilled, it it had, it did not it was not fulfilled until Jesus came, because the woman that's talked about in, in Isaiah seven was not a virgin when she had a child. So we have to understand God said just like He said back in the Garden of Eden that her seed was going to destroy the head of the serpent. And we're talking about almost four thousand years later, when before the seed was even born, and the serpent head ain't been destroyed yet. As I said last week, we've got to keep in mind that when God made the statement 
that a day with the Lord is as a thousand years, he's, he's telling us something. We can't, we can't look for him to operate on our timing. We have to learn how to hear what he's saying. So if a day with the Lord is as a thousand years, it hadn't been a whole week yet since Adam and Eve transgressed into God. It ain't been 7,000 years yet since the Garden of Eden. So a week ain't passed yet if a day is as a thousand years. But at the same time, like on any subject, especially religion and politics, you can become a fanatic. You start talking crazy. So we have to be very careful, not only in religious subjects, but in any subject. We have to be careful. So what I'm pointing to now when we get to the substance we see the same thing, the message, the sign was given to the Jews in the Old Testament. And almost 600 years later, it materialized to the Jews. As Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of salvation. It is the power of God unto salvation to the Jews first, then to the Greeks. We'll get into that. Why many many people say, well, it's the same as the Gentile. It is and it isn't. It's two different opposites at the same time. Just like when we talk about being saved, we are saints, but we are sinners at the same time. Logically, that doesn't make sense. On our human logic, you can't be two opposites at the same time. You got to be one or the other. But with the Bible, when we become saved, we, we become dual nature, just like Jesus when he came. He was a man, 100%. But he was God at the same time. So people who were going by human logic say, well, wait a minute. He couldn't have been God. He, he was a good man, but he couldn't be man and God at the same time. That's why... The Bible tells us that we ought to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. You can't think on the things of God the same way you think on the things well, as uh, uh, logic as we know it. You got, we have to learn. We have to be taught by the Holy Spirit. We have to be led. And nobody graduates. As long as we're in this life, we'll be still learning how to hear God concerning the level of that he speaks to us on. So the first thing I want to point to, the Jews first, we see that fulfillment, the accuracy of the scripture, as Paul say, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it's the power of God unto salvation to, uh, to everyone believe, to the Jews first. And that, and in my opinion, just my opinion, that they being the one pointed out by God in God's book is the seed is the reason that the seed of hatred what we call now anti-Semitism but all through the Bible we see the attempt of world empires to wipe out the Jews it's not new now one other thing we have to keep in mind as well is that when we talk about a Empire trying to wipe out the Jews. That don't, if we say the Romans, that don't mean every citizen in Rome. 
What it's pointing to are the leaders, just like in the United States. The decisions that the United States make in whatever area, that don't mean every citizen in the United States is for that. But we being who we are and the government being more powerful, then we will recognize as those Americans. So you're going to be hated either way, whichever way you go. We have to be very careful that we don't label everybody on the one, one label. Now, if anybody should understand that, we as a people should understand that. Because, you know, we were labeled that way a long time. But all you had to do was say, oh, is he black? Oh, well, you know, he black, he'll do it, you know. So you can't group it up. Everybody's an individual. But as we study in the scripture, it's talking about the the princes. Remember remember First Corinthians uh, chapter 2 and verse 8 where it says if the if the princes of this world had known they would have never crucified Jesus well when you're talking everyday language say, who crucified well the Jews crucified Jesus <coughs> see it's a lot of things that's said and we develop our opinion on what everything is said without looking at the facts so as we continue and even though the powers and principalities had caused the world and even many Christians to reject or hate the Jews because they did not accept Jesus as the then promised one. In other words, I was in that camp for a long time. So them old Jews crucified Jesus. I understand spiritual things, you know. And, and that's what we do a lot of time. We form our opinions on what's passed down, what everybody done said, and not looking at the facts. But let's look at the real thing as it pertained to the Jews, as it pertained to accepting or rejecting Jesus. Let's look at this verse. He came unto his own. That means Jesus was of the tribe of Judah, so he would have been considered a Jew. Jews are persons who came from Jacob's son, Judah. Every one of Jacob's sons developed a tribe. The tribe of Benjamin, tribe of Judah, tribe of Joseph, all 12. 12 boys developed 12 tribes. Jesus was of the tribe of Judah. He came to his own, his own received him not. But then it said, but as many as received. That means a lot of them did. The beginning of the what we call the Christian church was converted Jews who had been converted by the hearing of the word from the apostles, the sent ones, where they could recognize that Judaism and Christianity is one and the same. Christianity is a deeper uh, level of understanding of spiritual things. Let's think one minute on, on something. We sang the song, Must Jesus Battle Cross Alone, All the World Go Free. No, there's a cross for everyone, there's a cross for me. What are we saying there? We're saying that if you are in God's program, just as Jesus had to bear a cross on this planet, 
to do God's program. If we are part of that program, we're going to bear one too, not limited to being nailed to some wood. But the things you have to go through because of who you are. Jesus had, he bared the cross because, it wasn't because he did something wrong, 100% perfect. Never told a lie, never told a fairy tale. 100% perfect. But because he was doing God's will in this sinful world, he ended up on the cross, which it was, that was part of God's will as well. But that's part of the strategy that the enemy didn't know. Again, 1 Corinthians 2 and 8. If the princes of this world had known, they would have never crucified Jesus. If they had known it was God's will that Jesus die so that we could be saved, they, they would have never crucified Jesus. Because Satan, his first effort, we see him in the garden trying to make God's people fall, which he was successful in doing it. So he definitely is not going to support a program that's going to give us life again because he's jealous. What happened? The first thing that we see concerning Satan is he jealous of God. He said, I, I, want, my, I want to sit in the side of the congregation of the north. I'm going to be like the most high God. That's, that's his problem. He, he want to overthrow God. So he's jealous. If he had known that was God's strategy, he would have formed a a supernatural marine corps. And there was Jesus went. He'd have been God. Nobody could have bothered him. So we, there are crosses from us. Now, why did I bring that up? If there's any doubt in, in our mind concerning God choosing a people to do his work, it would be erased when we look at the Jews. Everything we know about him. Sacrifices, Eden, the tabernacle, the Ark of the Covenant, all those things came through Judah. So the world, wherein Satan is the god of this world, naturally it's going to try to create a hatred to destroy them. Now, another thing is that many times the things that we may be assigned to do on this planet we don't necessarily volunteer to do it because of what it brings. Because of, uh, if, for example, to me, and I think I'm on the low pole, the lowest part of the totem pole because I'm not big shot. I, I don't mean big shot in a negative. I'm not in that camp where, you know, a preacher recognizes by the world as a preacher. He catches it. Whether I like him or not. If he's recognized as a preacher, he got, boy, his eyes watching here. He better not belts. Because somebody's going to be smelling to see if he's been drinking. I didn't want to say belts. I'm, I'm just saying, if you're in God's program and you're trying to be faithful, there's crosses that you're going to have to bear because of who you making that stand that I'm a Christian, you, you're going to have to bear some crosses. That's all I'm saying. So it come, when it, I believe we're going to all be surprised when, when it's time for rewards. And we see the rewards that the nation of Israel, especially the Jews, is going to get. But not from the way we look at it. No, when I say we, the world, 
them Jews. Want to wipe them out. Look at what, look, at what, look listen, I, I didn't have nothing to do with this. God is the one who chose a book that most of it is pointed to Israelites. All Israel, all Jews are Israelites. Let's, 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 let's go on. We'll get through here. Now, on this verse, we see many accepted Jesus. And to all of those who accepted Jesus, God gave them power to become born again, sons of God. And Gentiles ain't in the picture yet. The, the gospel ain't crossed the water yet. And even some of us Christians, because of a lack of knowledge concerning what the Bible say about the chosen people, the Jews, we join to them old Jews, them old, they crucified Jesus, they did because we haven't allowed ourselves to examine the evidence that God gives. Now that we see that many believed, that's where the New Testament church started, converted Jews, even the apostles. They weren't Gentiles. They were part of the nation of Israel. So now that we see that, what is the reason? We're going to look at the reasons that the Bible gives as to why this hatred have uh, uh, reason that I believe that the Bible gives as to why uh, as to why anti-Semitism um, exists. Now, I'm trying to say it. I'm not saying everything that anybody, everybody on this planet are sinners until we are saved by God's grace. Every person. I'm not saying one nation is worse than the other. There's evil among all of us, whoever we are, whatever nationality, there's evil. But the Bible is pointing to the operation of God and the operation of Satan on this planet. We are soldiers in God's army. Uh, the Bible tells us to put on the whole armor of God. Helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, shield of faith. The word is the sword. The word of God is the sword. Our shoes shot with the preparation of the gospel. We try to walk according to the gospel. We are soldiers in his army. But there are soldiers in Satan's army as well. And it's a spiritual warfare. Now, here's what Paul wants us to know. In Romans chapter 9, in verse 6, it says, And not as though the word of God had taken none effect. In other words, when you look at it from a natural standpoint of view, the old Jew put Jesus on the cross. It says, For they are not all Israel which are of Israel. Now, Israel and the Jews are one and the same, but they are different. All Jews, see, it started with God changing Jacob's name to Israel. And Israel, who was Jacob, having 12 sons. So all of the 12 tribes are Israelites. But because of the split, and the southern kingdom consisted of the tribe of Benjamin and Judah, 
and the northern kingdom consisted of the rest of the tribes. Then the southern kingdom began being recognized as the house of Judah. Jews is short for the house of Judah versus the house of Israel, the northern kingdom. The subject now, when it says Israel, is not limited to, to Israel, but the context would, would, I mean, it's not limited to the Jews, but the context would cause the attention of the word Israel to be the Jews. In our study, in our Bible studies, we've seen, and the, the one that we've concentrated on most is the one that, whose name was uh, Antiochus Epiphanes. Who was, who was the leader, you could say king, of the Jews. He was over the Jews during the Grecian period of time. He, uh, uh, he took all of the inhabitants. He, he, uh, one of the writings that points to this is Josephus. Uh, another one is Herodotus and I wouldn't have that book if it wasn't for I was able to when I was able to get when when the whole when Reverend Jones library fell into my hands part of the, the writings that he had uh, books called Botanical Great Writings and one of the books says Herodotus that talks about that time period of the Michaelbees. Now, when we go back in the Bible study, I'm planning on doing a, 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 a video, just a video to show you, and I think I brought that Bible out here one time, that old Bible I have, I think the copyright dates in it is something like 1600s or something like that. I, I can't remember exactly. And I told you one of the members, uh, Louise 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 Lane, y'all y'all know her. She was she was a member here a long time. She get one one night at Bible class. We used to come out here on Wednesday night. She come up there and said, "I got something for you. It's about that thick, and and the and the bindings is made out of wood." <laughs> it's, but I had seen one before. That was the second one I had ever seen. The first one I saw was promised to me, but that promise was not able to be fulfilled after that person's death. So I didn't think I'd ever see that Bible, a Bible like that. And she brought it in, and she, and she gave it to me. And now it has the books that was part of King James Version of the Bible. It has those books. When they, when those books, the Michaelbees, First and Second Michaelbees, Second Ezra, a lot of the books that is no longer part of the King James Version. They was part at that time, and I, I'm going to do that just to show if God allow us to get into that, to show you that it's coming out of what was recognized and accepted for hundreds of years as the Bible. So it won't sound like a brainstorm, because again, I don't know no more than you do. And, uh, you know, I just try to, and I hope I don't fall in the category of what they call pleasurizing. <laughs> I laugh every time I use it. Every time of that, because every time I use that word, I think about how how low I am on the scale of academics. When I first heard the word pleasurizing, I didn't have no idea it was talking about what it's talking about. 
I heard the word pleasure. <laughs> it's not like when I first heard the word uh, computer, let me see, uh, computer, uh, computer savvy. Uh, it's crazy. I, maybe I shouldn't even get in that, but I'm just saying, hey, look, I'm not an educated person. I mean, I can make a living, I got through high school, but I, I don't fall in that category, and it don't bother me. I'm satisfied who I am. I, I, don't, I don't try to impress for you to accept me. I don't try to do that. Even in my courting days, I didn't try to impress that you accept me who I am. Well, forget it. I ain't finna go through all that because I got to keep it up. So I don't have no problem there, but what I do try to do is show you why I make these statements because I believe I believe that I was called a priest that's what I believe and since I believe it I'm going to do everything I can to be what God wanted as far as giving the report on his word that's what it could rightly divide and so getting back to one of the strategies of the enemy was to take the citizens out and bring in strangers I could get into a whole lot of things concerning us as a people on that you know what I'm saying he brought us over here and integrated us if you hear what I'm saying so it's, it did it did in those days and if you read, and when we go back in the Bible study, we got a session coming up where we've gone through the book of Matthews. And where we, we, we may be about three or four lessons away from it. We, we'll go into this in the detail because Matthew's going to lead us there. But the point I'm making is everybody who was claiming to be a Jew was not a Jew. So a lot of them who were saying, crucify him. They were descendants of Esau. And that's a deep subject. I mean, it's a deep subject. It's, it's when we get in God's book, we start seeing reality from the way this talks about it. So Paul is saying, before you pass sentence on this people, everybody who was under that name was not. And it was just like Christians. All right, when you study what Paul says concerning Romans 9 and 6. He goes on to say that the circumcision, one of the identities of being an Israelite was circumcised. That's where it come from. The covenant between God and Abraham. Circumcision. But that was a shadow. The cutting of the foreskin was a shadow the real circumcision is of the heart. You can walk around having done the literal or the physical, just whack them. That don't make you a Christian. What makes us a Christian is when the full skin of the heart, when that which covers the heart is cut. And the real heart is exposed to God's word. That's Spiritual circumcision, it's, it's, but it starts out, it's just like, say, I'm a, I'm a Christian, and in order to pr give the evidence that I'm a Christian, I'm going to wear a suit every day, 
I ain't going to eat no pork. You know, I ain't going to say no bad word. I ain't going to watch no X-rated movies. I'm just going to praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. That won't get you to heaven. It's got to be a spiritual birth. That's why we have to understand what starts out as a shadow. That's what happened to the nation of Israel. They accepted through the teaching of the enemy who got, you remember Jesus pointed to the teachers of his day, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the scribes. He said, you are of your father the devil, you generation of vipers. But they had made it to the top. They was teaching. So they was teaching in order to be a Christian or a person of God, you had to keep the law. And that's why they, one of the reasons why they would eject or rejected Christ. Because Christ coming in saying grace. So they, these teachers who didn't understand spiritual things, they just understood. They said, well, if you want to be a child of God, you've got to get circumcised. Well, you have a whole nation full of circumcised folks going to hell. If that haven't led you to see him, he is saying, I am the way. I am the way, not one of the ways. I am the truth. I am the life. And no man come to the Father but by me. But God started teaching us many different, in the elementary stage. It's just like if one of the things we say with a person, a child go through elementary school and they get to the 19th grade and they want to drop out of school, want to quit. I got it now. You ain't got started yet. It's the same thing. We see the pattern everywhere of how we can be so easily deceived if we do not go by the truth, even if you're not talking about the Bible, if you're talking about education, learn how to add, learn how to multiply, and think you're ready for the world. It's, it's, it's again, we, uh, let's go on, because uh, I know, I, I, I know, I, I, I ain't forgot, I know it's still, I'm going to go on. So as in the case of the king, as it pertained to uh, all the Israel say Israel, not Israel, as in the case of the king when Jesus came, Herod, he was not an Israelite. He was not a Jew, but he was labeled king of the Jews. So we see everybody who was holding the position in the office, the leaders, they were not Jews, they were not Israelites. So we got to understand when we, it, to keep us from falling into that category of hating the Jews because we think they killed Jesus. We got to go by what this book is saying. So uh, that, that example there. So we have here, as in the case of the king of Herod, the king, Herod, scholars tell us he was not a Jew slash Israelite. Also, as pertaining to the time of the northern ten tribe kingdom, house of Israel, which include the New Testament church age, except in the water of Shiloh, the end results will be the same as were with the Jews. Here's what I'm saying. The sign was given to the Jews that the one thing you can depend on that you will not be destroyed is a virgin going to have a baby. 
But by the time that came, the Jews didn't accept it. They didn't lost faith in what was said almost 600 years earlier. So they said, he's not the one. Crucified, those who was there and had been persuaded said crucify. There are many of them that believed it, but those who, that handful who said crucify him and the Roman government says, okay, but it was all God's will, but we're trying to show how sometimes things that don't look like it's of God, it is God. So by the same token, when we talk about what well, them Jews didn't accept Jesus, after Jesus was crucified, resurrected, went back to heaven, and seven, that was around 30, that was around 33 around 33 A.D. In 70 A.D., the Roman government wiped out what was known then as the nation of Israel because the ten tribes, they were divorced, they scattered. They, nobody knew who, where they are. So the only known nation of Israel was the Jews. In 70 A.D., the Romans went through and wiped them out. We talked about the Ark of Titus the trophy, and they wiped out this people at last. And it looked like that they was totally destroyed. The New Testament church was born at that time. Now here's what Paul says our end will be. Isaiah said at first, Paul is quoting Isaiah right there. Esaias is the same as Isaiah. Esaias also cried concerning Israel. Though the number of the children of Israel be as the sand of the sea, a remnant shall be saved. Of all the people that make up Israel now, listen. Not Israel, Bible Israel. Bible Israel was divorced. Not the Jews. They're the northern ten tribe kingdom. By them being divorced, that made them become Gentiles. A Gentile is a person who is not in a covenant relationship with God. By them being divorced, they, they are no longer in a covenant relationship. Marriage covenant is gone. So they became Gentiles too. Scattered everywhere. But God said he was behind it. And he said one day he was going to get them back. Now, by them being scattered everywhere, when God began sending the message to them, we heard it because it was all among us. We heard it. And that made the number making up the Israel, the then future Israel, but now present Israel, being equivalent to the sand of the sea. Though the children of Israel be as the sand of the sea. So many of them, when they say Israel now, they won't be walking around saying I'm Israel. But we'll see even in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 18, I believe it is, the Bible point to Christians who follow the teaching of the Scripture as the Israel of God. We, we are labeled by, in, in Galatians as the Israel of God. 
we, we are the Israel of God. The, 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 when God changed Jacob's name to Israel, he gave a meaning. Now. He said, a prince having authority with God. We all have authority. We, we can talk to God. We can ask him things. We can pray to him. We, he got us in his program. We are part of the spiritual Israel. Though that number of persons who's walking around saying, I'm part of the Israel God, I'm a Christian, of all of that number that's equated to the sand of the sea, you can't count the grains of sand. So people in the last day, it'll be that many. I know the Lord, he heard my cry, I'm ready to go to heaven. But the Bible said only a small remnant just like when Jesus came, only a small remnant. He came to his own, and his own received him not. But there was a small remnant of the Jews that accepted him. And as many as accepted him, to them gave he power to become sons of God. It's going to repeat itself. That when it's time for him to come again, and when we say come again, I'm not talking about to the planet. I'm talking about the rapture of the church. Only a small group is going to be taken out and escape God's wrath that's going to come on this planet. That's what's being said. And let me go real quick. I think I got about three more scriptures. Here we have Isaiah 96. We have a, something that sounds like what was said in Isaiah seven fourteen. Both pointing to the birth of Christ. What's the difference? Isaiah 96, the context of Isaiah 9 is pointing to the northern ten tribe kingdom when Christ is born to them. The virgin birth was to the Jews. First, to the Jews. That's why he was born to the Jews. No, we didn't know nothing about Jesus over here. When did he become born to the divorced wife? When the gospel reached us, you could start with the wise men who followed the star. They were east of Jerusalem, so they had to travel westward to, to find the place of the star. And when they traveled westward, it led them to the star. Spiritually, the persons in the east did not find Jesus until they traveled westward. He was stamped out. They crucified Jesus over in the east. They killed all, all the apostles, died a martyr's death. He was the Christian spreading out and God's steady calling persons and the heart of Christianity, the heart of the people that study this is in the west. Everything in the Bible is so accurate. We look over it. These little things, oh, what the hell? Oh, that's that brainstorm. He come up, okay. That's why I be saying, please examine the evidence. We, what is the purpose of the scripture? It's to prove Jesus. Lo, I come in the volume of the book. It's written to me to show that it's true. What he says is true. And just like he have said, what's coming? We might say, well, I don't believe that. Well, if you look at his record, 
way back in the past, way back here starting with that holy thing, a woman having a seed. But at the time, that's impossible. But look what have happened. That's, see, it builds our confidence, that's all. Let's, let's keep going. So to us, a child is born now. The son is given is the ending of the fulfillment of that, well, it is the ending of the accepted fulfillment of 9 and 6. It says, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. The part of the government being on his shoulder and if you want to go and read it, the next verse, if God willing, we might, he might let us get to 9 and 7. Another way of looking at 9 and 7. A child is born, 6, son is given. They then to start talking about his government. A government that looked as if it was wiped out. What I'm pointing to, David, God said concerning David's government, it would never end. That's what it says. So we see after in the, in the 9 and 7, he started talking about the addition, the government being added to. Again, because it's leading us out of this time period back into where we were concerning the glory. The glory is going to pretty much center around the government of David obtaining glory. I mean, even now, m many of us, when I say us, talking about Christians, we don't believe that the government of David still exists. We don't believe it because we ain't been taught that. When we see these things from God's Word, and we see that there is certain parts of the world that wasn't even known, now is the glory of reality as we know it, the leader in everything. Glory that will follow people that was divorced, which is designed to show us, to, to begin showing us we who was divorced through the fall in the garden, the glory that is to follow, all these promises about eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, what's going to make us believe that? We look at some shadows of God giving us examples on this planet of a people that was divorced, wiped out. Nobody knew them, where they were, they know their name or nothing. And all of a sudden they become the leaders of the planet and everybody who was brought to live in that territory that God marked out I'm, 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 again God's word you can't just I'm going fast but God's word somebody as heavy as God we shouldn't expect to understand in a few minutes this verse, we put it back up there. We had it last week. We're gonna, I'm going to keep putting it up there as long as it keeps coming up until we understand. Why was this verse written? 
the Jews <laughs> I had to laugh. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> uh, she she's doing what I asked her to do. I, I'm, I'm trying to. Uh, I'm just having so much difficulty. Maybe I don't know. But the Jews was in Babylon as part of the punishment. Babylon captured them, took them to Babylon. They were supposed to be there for 70 years, part of the punishment that God was putting on them. Remember Jeremiah 3 and 8. God did not divorce the Jews, but they were guilty of the same thing. He divorced Israel, the 10 tribes. But both would have to go through punishment. The Jews, according to these verses, 70 weeks of years, 490 years was the punishment that was put on them. And at the end of that punishment, this scripture was the result. So what would have been accomplished once the punishment was over. And God gave, you go back and read it, 9, 24 and 25. God said, from the time that he gave the command when they first left Babylon and told them the time period to start the counting, up until the time that Jesus would be crucified, uh, 483 of those years will have passed. That leaves seven years before this was to be given to those people. Their punishment will be over. Just like when our punishment is over, this is what we get. End of sins, reconciliation, everything. Right with God again, back ready to be there. But we have to go, the, the northern ten tribe kingdom was, their punishment period was 2,520 years. All, all these things have been worked out. And, a, and in my opinion, appear to have proven itself. That time period right here, when Jesus came, what we're talking about, when they rejected him, there was one seven-year period left before they would inherit Daniel 9, 24. Now remember, it tells us who it's talking about. Thou people, Daniel, and thou city. Not the northern ten tribes. That was a different time period totally. The focus is on the southern kingdom here. So when they rejected Jesus, the gap started. What we call the Great Tribulation is the last seven years of the 490 the crucifixion was the mark of 483. Just go back and read it. There's still one week left on that punishment that we call the Great Tribulation. The church, which consists of what we call the Israel of God, those who have accepted him, will be taken out before that period. We've been hearing this all our life. Will that period start, the rapture would take place. We won't, we won't go through. God have not called us to wrath. We'll be taken out. But the ones who are left will go through the tribulation period, which the Bible says is going to be so bad until if God don't shorten that seven-year period, won't be nobody left on the planet. 
When we look at little things, what's going to ain't little, but examples of what's going on now as far as wars. Can you imagine people living under those conditions? I mean, just... It, 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 even now, if you don't stop what you're doing, won't be nobody left alive in that area. See, a lot of things we start understanding again. The invisible things of Him are clearly seen. The invisible things of Him from the creation are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, the things that are arranged. We can understand, we can see, even when you talk about the lake of fire, I was looking at the news and talking about over there where that volcano is erupting again. I, that's the closest thing to a lake of fire that I can think of on this planet. I, the sun, what they say is, is, is fire. I, ain't, I, I, I just see the light. But I see a volcano that looked liquid to me. I wouldn't want to spend no time in that. All I'm saying is, if we keep our eyes on, on God's Word, it opens our eyes to even more of reality. Let's go real quick. So, these are the things that we are going to get, that they will get when we accept Jesus. Uh, to, finish, to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, which is the same as the atonement, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up the vision and the prophecy. We won't have to study no more. It's sealed it up. It's over. Completed. And to anoint the most holy. That's, that starts with us, spiritually. With them, it's a physical thing. With us, it's spiritual first. When we come to Jesus, we immediately inherit these things. It don't look like it. We have to have faith that it have happened. So, well, how can I, my sins be put, put in the sins? I still commit sins. You've got to have faith. There's a reality that we don't know about. Our faith in, just like the Bible says, you're a saint, but you're a sinner. But God have covered us where he see the saint. He see the life of Christ covered in the blood, covered in the life. Faith in what he says. It sounds impossible. How are we going to believe stuff like that when we can see the equation in the physical? That's, that's why God chose the nation of Israel and divided it in two different ways. When you study what's in the Bible about the Jews, it's all spiritual. From the temple, the tabernacle, the sacrifices, the law, all of that. But when you, the northern kingdom, it's all about the one that was divorced, away from God, just gone, just don't even know they, just like us. We didn't know we had no connections to God. Until we start studying what he put through the Jews, that's when we start. So wait a minute. It's the world's not our, it's the way he decided to do it. I know it sounds crazy, and I'm going to go on. And I'll get I'm about to the last verse. If we accept Daniel 9, 24, here's what will happen to us. Revelation 4 and 1 is pointing to the same thing as the rapture. 
when you study the book of Revelation, chapter 2 and chapter 3, it's talking about the New Testament church age, where we live. After the church age is over, chapter 4 began, the very first verse, what happens? After this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was as it were a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither, that's the rapture. At the end of the church age, we will hear the voice, Come up hither. We're caught up. That's the, the pattern that God is showing us as we continue to study the, the scripture. We hold on to our faith. Fight against the flesh. We, when it's talking about you guys, it's W-E. But when it's talking about me, it's capital W. I'm trying to let you know I'm no different than you. Where much is given, much is required. I have to fight like all of us got to fight to hold on to our faith. What is faith? Action. We got to fight to continue to be faithful in God's program that consists of more than coming to church. Our everyday life, the way we treat people, the way we talk to people, our thinking, thinking evil. Well, Lord, I ain't got no to thinking like this. Please forgive me. We've got to recognize that we are wrong. We've got to stop thinking it's somebody else. Oh, yeah, they, yeah, I know they did. They, they, the preacher show told them off. He sure told he, he told, hey, all of us, we've got to stop saying, well, I ain't like them. We've got to fight against and recognize first that we need it. And if we accept the, uh, the, the teaching of God's word, we get the gift of Daniel 9, 24, and as a result, we get caught out of here before that last seven-year period. If we don't accept it, this is what we get. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. All that junk you've been, well, wait a minute, Lord. I sung in the choir 50 years. I was a deacon, four or five churches. Every church I went to, they made me a deacon. I was a preacher. Jesus said, you may, I ain't saying you wouldn't. I'm just saying I never knew you because you were front. Once you leave church, that was it. You don't talk to me privately. You don't say your prayers no more. You had to grow up. And parents, and I'm talking about myself. Now I'm going to quit because I'm getting whooped up here. I think about uh, one of the last things Rose told me. No, I don't think I'll forget that. She said, Gus, you don't pray enough. And that's what I'm saying. We, God got to become personal, not something just on Sunday. All of our judgment, we got to think of what would the Lord think about this. We're not going to be perfect, but we're showing him we have accepted him as our Lord and our Savior. He's our boss. We're trying to please him. And he know us that way. But we walking out, me coming out with my suit on every Sunday. Every anniversary, you buy me another suit. I can look sharp. I have me a ring on right a while. I, you know, I ain't no, I ain't no ring man. I had a diamond ring one time. And I was doing body work. I had left my shop. I was, doing, I was a painter. When D.L. Claiborne Buick was out there on Camerton, I was a painter. Uh, in, in a shop out there and I had left went to work and forgot to pull my, I had a little ring I was at church on Sunday I remember Pine Grove 
I forgot to pull it off when I got to work. I said, dog, I got my ring on. So I pulled it off, caught myself going to hide it. But when nobody see it, I was going to get that day, and I forgot. It may have been six, eight months later. I said, what did I do with my ring? Because <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not a ring guy. Just like I said, when I bought that Cadillac, I ain't been got no no Cadillac. I'm a truck man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But sometimes we, you know, shoot, I'm the Reverend Dr. Mr. Bishop Gus Harris. You know, God said, I never knew you. 